In just a few moments, we'll be talking with Robert Volp, Bob Volp. As some of us know him by, Bob is the brother of the late Karen Volp, who passed away at the end of last year. And we talked about Karen on last week's show. Bob's going to stop on by and share some memories about Karen, who she was, all the things she did while she was living out in Los Angeles. If, you, if you're not familiar with the story, Karen Volp is a Chautauqua County native, graduated from Casadega Valley High School, went to SUNY Fredonia and JCC, and she also came back to do workshops at JCC from time to time to help out local theater uh, students in the Jamestown area. But she really was uh, known more out on the West Coast in the Los Angeles area for various projects she was involved with. And Bob will be stopping by to share some details about those projects as well as give details about the Celebration of Life event that's happening tomorrow starting at 11 o'clock for Karen here in Jamestown. So all the details about that are coming up in just a moment. One of the projects that Karen was involved with that we talked about one of the last times we spoke with her about two and a half, three years ago was the Boubet Sisters, a project that she and two of her friends did, uh, sort of a, a comedy singing troupe, a trio who did familiar songs, but uh, made them into comedic gems. And one of the uh, songs they did was a song entitled Tinder. Here is the song Tinder. On the other side, we will hear from Bob Volp talking more about his late sister, Karen Volp, right here on Arts on Fire. So I joined Tinder. I thought I would expand my horizons. I didn't think that was possible. But go on. Oh my God, you want to see my profile picture? Yeah, oh my God, you're totally naked in that picture. I'm wearing a sombrero. I sent Tinder. Swipe it to the right now. If it doesn't do it for you. Swipe it to the left now Hey, yeah well, I'm gonna log in with Facebook And then I'll lie about my age now I'm gonna post it on the photo now We're gonna judge him on the looks now He's got a doggy in his photo now And he's right around the corner Mario Lopez, I got a match. From Sit by the Bell? Yeah. Oh my god, I love that show. That was hilarious. Really? Well, you totally have to be high first. You can watch the show and we laugh our asses off. Good times. Good times. I sent Tinder. Swipe it to the right now. If he doesn't do it for you. Swipe it to the left now. You can't catfish the sister We're gonna pick some hotties Cause we want hard bodies I said Tinder Swipe it to the right now If it doesn't do it for ya Swipe it to the left now 
wonder if any of the other guys from Saved by the Bell are on here. Oh, how about Screech? I heard he's doing porn now. I thought he was dead. Me too. Oh, no, he's just got a really big... And again, that is music from the Boobay Sisters, a song entitled Tinder from their album, The Boobay Sisters Greatest Hits, volume number one. Of course, one of the members of the trio, the Boobay Sisters, is the late, great Karen Volpe. Uh, passed away earlier this month. We have Bob Volpe in the studio with us, Karen's brother. We've talked about Karen in the past, Bob, and unfortunately, uh, condolences to you and your family. We're talking Thank about you. her one more time in, in her memory this time. In a, yes. And obviously with that song right there, indicative of the type of person <laughs> and spirit she was. Uh, yep. Very humorous, fun, uh, friendly, and just a great person all around. So again, you know, we, we pass along our condolences to you and your family. Uh, Jason Sample, again, on WRFA, we have Bob Volpe in the studio with us, as promised, and we're talking about Karen Volpe, his sister. Uh, Chautauqua County native, lived out on the West Coast for uh, much of her adult life. 20, 20 years. Right, and she really made a name for herself out there in the L.A. area, doing mm-hmm. all kinds of things. The Boo Bay Sisters was one of her many projects. Yeah. Uh, people who want to remember Karen, celebrate Karen's life, are going to be able to do so. They're going to have the opportunity to do so uh, tomorrow, as a matter of fact, Saturday, January 18th. That's why we have you here. But also just yep. to reflect a little bit yeah. on, uh, on Karen as well. You know, maybe maybe the first question is, is obviously, you know, how are, how are you and your family holding up is, uh, you know, um, the best you can do under the circumstances? Yeah, it's the best, best we can do. Uh, Paul took it really hard because he was at the forefront out there with it. And me and my brother are, you know, struggling with it. Uh, this isn't the first close whack I got this year. My girlfriend passed away in July, so it's uh, you know, and Karen Sorry came. Karen right. came out for that, and so this is a you know another you know it's another whammy. And then the fact that I was headed there for Christmas Eve, and she died on Christmas Eve, so it, it, it's a tough thing. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a strong person, and and that, but you know, you get those moments. You, you see things that remind you, hear a song, something, you know. Right. Picture. Well, you think about for as inspiring as Karen was, who who loved show business, she loved the stage, loved to entertain people. Mm-hmm. She was even more inspiring the way that she dealt with uh, the diagnosis. She was, you know, yes. stage four is what it was when she yep. was diagnosed, and, mm-hmm. and she battled all the way through. And and it was less than a year ago, less than a year from the time that she was diagnosed to the time that we lost her. Right? Yeah, it was only September. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and she didn't. I mean, she was here in July. We had a wonderful week together. Um, and at the end of that week, before she had to fly back and do a show that night, she goes, you know, she had said to me, oh, I hope something stupid doesn't happen. And then uh, a month later, she calls me and says, man, I got a stomachache. We went to eat. I couldn't eat like normal. I got a stomachache. Oh, it must be food poisoning or something. So she did all the home remedies and then finally, you know, Called the doctor, and then they sent her for a bunch of tests. And then mid September, they call her and say, Hey, uh, you got a tumor in your pancreas. And, uh, you know, and it just, when they say pancreatic cancer, that's basically, you know, the death sentence. That's, and that's what right. everybody says. Our mother went through it. Um, and I believe that, you know, she did go for scans every year because there's, uh, family history on our mother's side of ovary uh, cysts and cancer that way, and uh, we she did scans for that. But and, with, yeah, with pancreatic cancer, it's almost as if you have to you know pinpoint right into right you know, that area, the, yep. that organ, the pancreas, to actually detect it in time. 
Yeah. From what, from what I understand, the limited knowledge I have, I'm not a you know a physician, obviously. Yeah, I, you know, just what I talk to our family doctor here, and it's easy to miss mm-hmm. the tumor, and so it, you know, it was there and that was causing problems, and then uh, they put a plan together. Of course, you know, trying to figure out with crazy insurance company and whatnot, and trying to figure out where to go and what doctor the insurance company is going to work with and so there was a little you know not good dealing with there um and after the first chemo she got jaundice Hmm. and then that's something you should take care of right away but between the doctors you know not being as intelligent as they should right. and not being able to go to the right doctor. I mean, her oncologist could have did this situation, but the insurance company wouldn't send her there. And so it's real indicative, too, of all the challenges and problems yeah. that our modern you know, insurance society has and the, yeah. the, and there, the issues a, that plague our entire country. You hear different stories, and you never hope it happens mm-hmm. to, to you or somebody that's close to you. And and yet, it probably has happened just about yeah. everybody at this point where they realize yeah, there was there was for, um, for all the advances in medicine, it's, it does uh, no good when you don't right. have the systems in place to get you as treated as quickly as possible. I mean, through this, we joked about because when they went to Sicily seven years ago, she had uh, got sick and went to the hospital there, and. Um, everything was taken care of within eight hours and figured out. And at the end of the you know the day, she goes, "Okay, well, you know, I got credit cards." And they laughed and says, "You don't pay for that here." Hmm. And I mean, in eight hours, they had did all the tests, came up with a result, gave her medication, uh, put her on a special diet, and faxed all the information back to the you know the care provider out there in California. Something that they had been trying to figure out, and it was something to do with you know. Because of our Italian heritage, some food allergies that, you know, was bugging her. Uh, and they had to figure it out. See, we're joking. You know, maybe you should go to take a trip to Canada and have a stomach ache or back to Italy have another stomach ache. Right. Uh, we're talking with uh, Bob Volpe, who is the brother of Karen Volpe, who we lost at the end of last year after a, a short but uh, harrowing battle with uh, pancreatic cancer. And there's going to be a memorial service happening tomorrow. Uh, again, we'll talk about the memorial service in just a moment, but... To remind our listeners, Karen is, was a guest on our program here, Arts on Fire, several occasions whenever she came into town. And she also was a show, did a show with her husband, Paul, and a couple of friends, the, uh, the movie guys. Mm-hmm. And, and that was only the tip of the iceberg of the yeah. things she was involved with, between the Boobay <laughs> sisters and the movie guys, um, and then coming back home and entertaining friends and family at different venues when she was in town. I mean, she really did a lot of things out west as well as an entertainer. I mean, oh, yes. it's, it's really amazing to think that somebody from Chautauqua County uh, touched that many people and did that many things over on the west coast. And mm-hmm. then I don't think she really got as much recognition as she should have back here no, in the Jamestown and Chautauqua <laughs> County area. You know, you'd love to see uh, an expose on her just about every every uh, year from the Post Journal or the newspapers about what she's been up to lately because she had a dynamic entertainment career. What were some of the other things she was involved with? Um, recently, recently, um, within the past year, she was doing a comedy variety show as in the type of like Carol Burnett, you know, something like that. And she was doing at a certain, you know, comedy clubs out there. 
and there's this one called Acme, which is derived from the Looney Tunes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're across the country, and they saw her doing that, and they were going to send her across the country. And what she would do is she'd be like the Carol Burnett person, you know, Karen's uh, comedy hour, and she would get all these other comedians to come in and do acts and do acts with them, singing all kinds of crazy comedy stuff. And then uh, on the side, she'd be doing her uh, music, country music, and she'd be doing gigs with a... Uh, I set her up with another friend from here, Pat Hackett, who does the Allegheny River Monsters. Turned out they lived around the corner from each other, <laughs> and uh, she was doing that. And then uh, she got asked by a friend to come down to the whiskey because they needed some backup singers. The whiskey a go go, you know the the, yeah. the famous whiskey a go go, yep, the famous whiskey historic music venue. Everybody's played there, made it big there. The Doors obviously were known to play there. Oh, All the way, yeah. Motley Crue is just. Throughout the decades. Zeppelin played there. Yeah, everybody played out. at the Whiskey A Go-Go, including Karen Volt. Yep. So I told her when, you know, just kind of jump ahead, and I told her that, well, you know, anybody who's anybody who's made it has played there. So I says, now you're a rock star. Uh, what the deal was was they were doing they do this thing on Monday nights called, uh, there's a band called Rubik's Cube, and they do eight, all kinds of 80s tribute stuff. And they wanted some backup singers. And then on Tuesday night is called the Ultimate Jam Night, which is headed up by Chuck Wright from Quiet Riot, the original bass player, and Polly Z, who is singing with The Sweet right now, and he's doing a thing on Freddie Mercury tribute. His brother, David Z, was a bass player for TSO and was with Adrenaline Mob when they were changing the tire and got killed a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. But uh, when they heard her sing, they were like, freaked out uh and what the ultimate jam night is is the who's who of musicians who might be coming through la studio musicians they all get together it's like a week in advance they get a list together okay it's gonna be deep purple night okay you guys do this song you guys do that song you guys do that song and then what happens is you know you'll get some singers that get a song and they're not really the greatest singer in the world they do great in their band so they need somebody to cover them and that's what karen's job was to do no kidding. And she was rubbing elbows with all the who's who of... Uh, the music industry. Yeah. But she even had a special guest at one of the... I think it was at the Whiskey Go-Go. I saw, I saw in a video that she had posted that she had a very special guest, somebody that uh, maybe her hero in the entertainment business... Uh, one Bill Murray was actually in the audience for one of uh, the oh, that, shows she was performing. I don't know if that was the whiskey or not, but I did. I saw her on the stage. I saw her performing, and there in the audience was Bill Murray having a That was time. at the uh, Murray Brothers um, Country Club and Golf Course. Oh, and, okay. Uh, the backstory on that, Paul had won a contest. Paul Garen's husband. Yeah, yeah. You got to go play golf with Bill, one of Bill Murray's brothers while well, he went to play golf when they hit it off became friends and he's like he invites him out to this thing and karen gets there and finds out she knows who the band is and oh good karen you're here come and sing a song you know right away as soon as people see her there it's like you have to sing so she's up singing and there's bill murray she sang to bill murray uh, one of the couple times that she had bumped into him and and bill did call on tuesday because he'd heard a bunch of stuff and was very upset that he was too late mm. He for, called on uh, Christmas Eve. In her passing. Yeah, he was uh, uh, taken aside that he, by the time he got through his schedule to get back to her. And even when, you know, when I went there in October, because as soon as I found out, I tried to get there right away because I I know the drill, and it's like I got to go spend some quality time before it gets worse. Right. 
And the day I got there in October, she goes, hey, look at this. I got a message from Mel Brooks. He sent her a video message. No kidding. Telling her to... Uh, Blazing Saddle Mel Brooks? Yes. The Mel Brooks. Yeah, and they had met... Uh, they they Their hairdresser was the same girl, and they happened she... This is uh, maybe 10 years ago or so. Happened to cross happened to be there at the same time he was and they just instantly hit it off and he would call her to come and do because he wasn't really doing any movie production mm-hmm. but he was working with other producers and that writing stage shows and stuff and he would call karen hey come on over we need you to read through this because they would utilize her ability to here's a script just throw it at her oh and she could do the words and do the acting and help them go through a lot of things doing that um so there was yeah you know, you know, had, these stories you're saying I a lot of this I had no idea about you know mm-hmm. that she was um, that in touch with that many different people out out in LA again we're talking with Bob Volpe talking about Karen Volpe his uh, late sister who had passed away at the end of last year Karen a, uh, a guest I think three or four times we interviewed here here on Arts on Fire over the years mm-hmm. as she came back into town to perform uh, she would come in to uh, perform songs from her album uh, Dinner in a Fancy Dress it was sort of yeah. a, a tongue-in-cheek comedy uh, country album very good country uh, sentiment to it but the lyrics were humorous you know comedy so yeah, the, the music was country the lyrics were comedy and that's basically yeah. what you got when you when i mean you i had can karen do i can something. give you a little backstory on that yeah what's the uh, backstory behind okay. it? because we have the album in rotation obviously we we played some songs last week uh when we when we uh reflected on on karen but, but so, what's the backstory on the album okay check chuck pelletier who um is the producer on it he's a uh studio musician works out of uh, Nashville and Los Angeles. He's also, he works with a couple of cruise lines as a music director. Uh, he's putting together the talent and the shows for the thing. So he works with these guys in um, Nashville, and they were, he wanted to do this thing called Can You Duet? So him and Karen went there and did that. And in the process, these guys write songs, and then they pitch them. Mm-hmm. All these songs, and these are what they call a radio edit version, because uh, they purposely write songs that are short for radio. Uh, these were all pitched to the likes of Taylor Swift and Who's Who of country music. And these are leftovers, and, and Chuck's like, Karen, you got to do it. You know what? We're going to give you these songs. We're, so him and Karen worked on the words because he had basic structure of them, and he told Karen, I want you to make them funny. So okay. she put her into So they it. were generally intended to be country songs yeah. straight up country songs and then she came in and, and, and give them a twist the, uh, the lyrics <laughs> yep. and made them be the comedy country country comedy yep and so that's you know they put it together and huh. um and actually at her service out there in uh, california we did uh after the new year uh he did he got up on stage and did i drink because i love you which is you know a comedy song and we had made these cue sheets so Paul jumps up because her orders on everything was no crying, it's got to be funny. So he jumps up and on the chorus holds up cue signs so you can sing the chorus. And, you know, the first chorus was a little rough, but by the next chorus, everybody in the room was singing. Uh, when you get to the end of the song, it was one more time. Kept, it kept rolling. Everybody was up, happy, laughing. And we had, uh, it was a 350-capacity church that we found in uh, it was chuck full, and people were just having a hoot, hootin'ny. 
Right on. We're going we're gonna to play that song right now, and we'll have more with uh, Bob Volpe talking about Karen Volpe right here on Arts on Fire. I'm a good wife, having the time of my life, sipping cocktails and making stews. You come on home like the emperor of Rome, getting preachy about my boots. I drink because I love you from Karen Volpe. Dinner in a Fancy Dress was the album we're talking about. Uh, Karen's life and the uh, the celebration of life that's going to be taking place tomorrow, Saturday, here in Jamestown. Really quickly, though, before we get to that, uh, Bob, the, we mentioned the Boubet sisters really quickly. And again, just talking about the, the wide, diverse uh, career and life that she had in the entertainment business out on the West Coast. The Boubet sisters was a uh, sort of a, a passion project, a fun project for her. But it ended up yeah. uh, opening up some doors as well because they ended up getting on uh, America's Got Talent. I remember yeah. we talked with her specifically about that process. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember if they actually ever showed them on television or not. 
Because I, I know that they were on the program, but they also edit the program for television. In certain markets. Yeah. It wasn't in this market here. Okay, that's why. I found out through my sister that, you know, like I look at the movie theater and I see what movies are here and I see what movies are in Los Angeles. They only send us what they think we're going to like. All right. You know, it's it's like censorship. You know, they catering a, to the uh, majority of whatever audience that yeah. the networks think they're going to like. Right. Yeah. So we didn't get that show here. Uh, people like in Washington D.C. saw it. Some of our friends across the country saw it, while some of them didn't. Depending no on kidding. depending on where they're at, and and I know kind of know this through the uh, promoting of bands and stuff. They, you know, the record companies look at certain areas like. You know, I remember Rush talking about them being radio airplay in certain areas, but not other because they, and Kiss did the same thing. Gene talked to me about that where, you know, if they knew that they would burn the records, that's where they would pump pump them up so they would sell more so they could burn them. <laughs> right. Right. They, but the Bouvet Sisters, like we, I know at the start of this conversation, we played the, uh, the song Tinder, and, and that was just uh, some really fun. And, and the album, the Bouvet Sisters' greatest Hits, <laughs> volume censored. one, censored. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a censored way of saying the uh, the name of the album. It, it really is a humorous album, but a lot of them are not radio friendly. So no, you can't play them all. But if anybody can get their hands on a copy of the Bube Sisters' Greatest Hits, Volume One, uh, make sure you do so because there's a lot of humorous yeah, uh, songs on that album. When she told me about the Bubes and what they were writing and stuff, she goes, "I know I'm your little sister, and you might be offended by some of this, but." She goes, I know you're, you know, love, love fun and comedy, so. <laughs> some, of the, some of the title of the songs that we can say over the air, Always Lurking Right Here Behind You, which I would assume is a stalking song, My, my Boyfriend's <laughs> Dead, and uh, I Put a Cone on You, which is about a dog, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's you know, you take yeah. your dog to the vet and they put a cone on it. Yeah, uh, that's just a few of the uh, 11 different tr- humorous tracks that were on that album, and uh, what a great thing that was. So so let's talk about uh, Karen's uh, Celebration of Life tomorrow. That's going to be at 11 o'clock, and that's going to be at Zion Covenant Church. It's on Fairmont Avenue, right yeah. right, on, right in West Delicate, right? Yeah. Heading out of Jamestown, going toward the uh, the commercial strip there, heading toward yeah. Wegmans and whatnot. It's at 520 Fairmont Avenue. Yep. So what can folks expect if they want to stop on by? Okay. Well, we uh, The reason we have that place is because I work with the band For the People, which is Jay Bear, Justin Joyner, and uh, Adam Roller, and I threw it to them because they're in different churches. So the most accessible church with a parking lot and in ca- capacity, and they decided to go with Jay Bears. Uh, so they're gonna. Adam Roller is going to be the uh, the main person doing all of the speaking. You know, doing a, the the religious aspect of mm-hmm. it, and that, and then they're going to perform. They're going to do a few selections. Uh, I've got Bill Ekstrom. Coming in, Adam McKillop's going to do some stuff, um, and we're going to have people speaking and stuff, and there be you know pictures around. We have, aren't sure yet if we're going to throw any videos going on, but it's you know people remembering her and that, and try to keep it upbeat like we did in California. And then following, we'll have a couple hours in the fellowship hall. People are you know bringing a dish to pass, and that's the time where you know going to be a lot of blabbing. Like we always joke, Karen goes a Gavin Blab event. <laughs> right on, and, and, and per her request, you got to wear uh, Karen's army gear, which is a, a series of uh, apparel, and also. See, I'm uh, wearing the new one right here. Yeah, 
always producing. That's that's the picture from her doing. I believe it's Funny Girl, and that's the part where you'll you'll find this on the internet um, of her singing, and she just does this horrendous, you know, high note and holds it forever. I remember the reviewers, uh, people that saw Streisand, were going Barbara who? Really? So, so on that shirt, it's where it's, did she do that production at? That was in California. She did a lot of, always doing a lot of stage shows. Uh, Funny Girl was one of her favorites. Um, there was, you know, on her wall at her house, it's, you know, like people have gold records. Well, she has all the shows that she Right, all the posters in. and the, the yeah. playbills from the shows that she did over the years. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to get that shirt, uh, obviously um, it might be too soon before tomorrow to get it, but is there a place online where people can still they, get They Karen's are going to be... They did a quick run of these and tried to get it so it was before this, but the sports locker out of Olean, where one of her friends works, uh, she told me there will be another run, so you just kind of got to keep an eye out for it. Because mm-hmm. uh, they did one earlier when we first diagnosed, so I got a purple shirt, and it's all, you know, them were Ghostbusters-themed, and, you know, everything's still Ghostbusters-themed. And, you know, like for the uh, the event tomorrow, you know, the dress code is Karen's Army or Bill Murray T-shirts, Ghostbusters. If you've got the Ghostbusters outfit, wear it. <laughs> nice. And, you know, there's – because if you show up in a suit, she's not going to know who you were, you know. And that, that's the way it was out there, you know, too, is, uh, you know, that's the way she wants it, you know. She was buried with her favorite uh, Bill Murray T-shirt on. And, you know, everything's – Everything we've always done is not according to the normal. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing at all. I don't think Karen would want it any other way anyway. And she's, uh, there were some people go, oh, the relatives, oh, why is she coming back? Well, her goal was was to go out in the world. So she's laid to rest in a cemetery in Burbank that uh, one of her neighbors is Oliver Hardy. Really? <laughs> And from the Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, and I see when I was walking around, you know, I seen other twenties and thirties silent movie and, you know, early Hollywood actors and comedians. In She's in her element. Yeah. And then uh there's a large monument to aviation that has the remains of all these who's who in aviation because Lockheed used to be where the right. uh, Burbank airport is before Bob Hope bought it. And then there's like this real large replica of a space shuttle there. Uh, and she's right out there. And her joke to me when I went out in October is, is if, if this goes south, you can fly to the airport, just walk over, throw some flowers on me, get back in the plane, go home. <laughs> the, the upbeat to the whole thing, uh, inspired a lot of people and she was doing and you can find them on on the facebook thing she was doing updates all the time right yeah and, I, I caught up with a lot of them too and it, like i said it really was something that was inspiring mm-hmm. to anybody who's battling or anybody who yeah. has a family member battling the way that yeah. she took it head on and, and, and then and that's always had that positive she, yeah, approach to did. it despite the uh the challenges and the odds it was just um really inspiring mm-hmm. uh so anybody who remembers Karen, maybe you uh, went to school with her. 
because uh, she is a Casadega Valley yes. graduate. Uh, she went to SUNY Fredonia to study theater yep. there. And JCC. So it was In JCC, she was involved, even came back and did some uh, uh, workshops at Jamestown Community College after she went out west. She would return home and do yep. that. She's performed in the area. So, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of our listeners and a lot of people in the greater Chautauqua County area uh, remember and have fond memories of Karen. And if you do, if you happen to be one of those people, make sure you stop on by and uh, celebrate her life. And again, that is going to be tomorrow at 11 o'clock at Zion Covenant Church, 520 Fairmont Avenue in Jamestown. Starts at 11 o'clock and it will end when they tell you it's time to end. Yeah, when they boot us out of the building. (laughs) And then uh, we are working on a scholarship, which uh, we've been in contact. Uh, Some of the people that have helped me in working with this are Jen Davis from Chautauqua Lake School, Kim LeVan from Dunkirk School, Casey Way from Bemis Point Elementary. These are uh, two of them she went to college with, and they're theater teachers, and she's come back in. Karen, come back and do things. And they've helping us look into uh, a scholarship program for women that will be in conjunction with the Comedy Center. We've been in talks with the Comedy Center. Super. Uh, and that So that's something to look forward to that we're going to be looking, you know, for people that want to donate for something like that. Uh, we've been talking to businesses and stuff. So it'll be for women who want to go out beyond the traditional role. You know, they don't want to be just secretary here or married and 100 kids. And if they want to go out in the world and become something, that's, you know, going to be a scholarship for in the comedy and music situation. And so we're still working out the details. Once we get that figured out, we'll probably be on to talk about it. Please do. Please uh, make sure you do stop on by. Uh, Again, uh, Bob, our our condolences. It's never easy. Uh, We thank you so much for taking time out. To share your stories with mm-hmm. Karen, our listeners appreciate it. I do appreciate it as well. And, uh, you know, again, we, we just thank you so much. We'll be talking with you again in your future. And also on, on an unrelated note, um, and, and not quite as, as serious as, as obviously losing Karen, but you also lost a, an inspiration to you in your musical profession yep. with uh, the passing of Neil Pert from Rush. Yeah, uh, drummer, and obviously you being a drummer and somebody who loves oh, he's progressive big, rock, and I'm sure it big influence hard. on me. I mean, I I got got the news as I was getting on the airplane to leave, which was <laughs> funny because I got the news about Karen when I was getting on the airplane here to leave right. out there. Uh, Neil Peart's been a big influence on my style of drumming, the sound, how I set up my kit. Um, I started listening to Rush in '77, and he's the rush, his writing and stuff, everything has been a major influence on me. And Karen as well. You know, we always joked that in the early 80s, you know, where we think we're turning Canadian. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Neil's been always... Worst things you could turn, but I won't <laughs> say it. <laughs> but, yeah, because we used to watch, you know, SCTV and everything from Canada. Cause you got the rotary antenna? And oh, yeah. What I do you get? That. Everything from Canada. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Neil, his, his drumming style and that has influenced me big time. Um, I don't know if anybody comes to see me play, if they notice it, you know. I, everybody's always talking about Bonham, but Bonham talked about Peart. Everybody talked about Peart. Yes. And, you know, it's like I, I see out there now, you know, a lot of these people that I didn't think were Neil Peart fans. Well, it's now cool to be a Rush fan. Back when we were Rush fans, you got beat up. Right. You know, if you said you liked Rush, oh, that, oh. And yeah, even. Saw you know, that in the documentary they have yeah. on Netflix about Rush. The uh, great documentary, by the way, that really does mm-hmm. a great job following their career from start. 
uh, to finish. But yeah, and that's what a lot of people said is Karen know. went a couple times with me uh, to see Rush. We actually went to Vegas to see Rush. Uh, I mean, the first time I got to f- actually physically see him, I had to wait until I was old enough and have a vehicle, and I went and seen him in '83. But you know, I was a Rush fan since you know, you know, the Gateway Band was Kiss, and as soon as the Gateway opened up, hey, what's these guys? Right. And Neil Peart's drumming just instantly got me. Well, it's been a rough few weeks for you, Bob. We do appreciate you coming in here. Again, our condolences to both you and your family. And we do remind folks to stop on by Zion Covenant Church on Saturday, January 18th at 11 o'clock to pay your respects and celebrate the life of Karen Volpe. Uh, Bob Volpe, thank you so much for talking with us today on Arts on Fire. Yep. Again, this is Arts on Fire. Let's play one more song from Karen Volpe from her album Dinner and a Fancy Dress. This is That Ain't Love. And on the other side of this, we'll be talking with Rache Allen, who's going to give us details about a couple of events he has cooked up, including one taking place at the Spire Theater's Studio Metro at the end of this month. More details on those events with Rache Allen after this song from Karen Volpe right here on Arts on Fire. If it looks like love and feels like love But it smells a little funny, honey, that ain't love If he says to you that he'll be true Then you catch him in a whammy, mammy, that ain't love He's such a sweet thing, he brought you half a dozen roses He's such a sweet thing, comes by right after Rudy's closing then he's busy when Friday comes around Is he working too late or is he hitting the town? If it looks like love and feels like love But it smells a little funny, honey, that ain't love If he says to you that he'll be true Then you catch him in a whammy, mammy, that ain't love You met him online, he's got a DSL connection Too bad that online, they don't have satellite detection Cause every time that he drops you off at night You watch him leave and turn left, but girl he lives to the right Check, you figured what the heck I'll give this guy a second chance Sister, throw away your fears This guy is smoking mirrors Next time it disappears You better get up, get out, go dance If it looks like love and feels like love But it smells a little funny 